Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie. Nice to be with you again, sir. Yeah, absolutely. The same goes, uh, you know, uh, to be with you. I know you had a busy weekend. You were at, um, and by the way, it's pretty, pretty cool thinking about what you did and, you know, and how big it is outside, you know, our, our industry, the martial arts, how big what, what it was. Tell us a little bit about what you did this past weekend. Well, we, uh, my son plays uh, travel volleyball, and um, so we'll, every other weekend or every weekend, it depends, but uh, we, we basically have a tournament that we have to go to, and uh, throughout some of these tournaments, they're a little bit more important than others with regards to the fact that you have to, you know, move up into, they have national rankings, which I never knew, but they have national rankings for these teams, and so you, we, like the last one that we went to was in St. Louis, and, uh, you know, we were, we were, we were there, and uh, spent, you know, what was it, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday there. And we went in to the tournament uh, ranked 13th nationally. And by the end of the tournament, we came out tied. Uh, and I don't understand how this works, but <laughs> we came out tied third place uh, in the national rankings. So we were able to move up 10 rankings in, in that one tournament. And so uh, our team actually got a bid to go to nationals. But I, I had sent you some pictures from where I was at, and it was just uh, oh, that, just the one place that we were in, uh, it was ginormous. Uh, there uh, was over, like they had, I don't know, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five different places that they had, no, excuse me, four different places they had courts, maybe five. But anyways, it was just humongous. They had over a hundred courts going on uh, throughout the whole day. So I'm talking like from 8 a.m. all the way to 7 p.m. And they were just going, each court going. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. I looked at the photo because, as, as you know, and most other people probably know, I mean, I run one of the largest martial art tournament circuits um, in New York State. And, uh, you know, we have five martial art tournaments a year, two grappling events a year. We have an awards dinner with a rating system, which alone we have, like, at our dinner, over 300 people registered. And now people are fighting over the last remaining tickets. It's like a battle to get in there. But when I saw what you went to, that made, like, my venue, when I set it up with our rings and everything, look like small potatoes. Like, I was like, <laughs> I could have fit probably 12 of my venues into the venue that you were at. And then you and I talked. I'm like, holy crap. Like, you know, this is what's going on in the in outside the martial arts. Why why hasn't the martial arts elevated to something this massive? Um, yes. It's an interesting dynamic. It really is because... You know, you you know, we were speaking about you know how sometimes people say, oh, it's very expensive to be in the martial arts, which monthly tuition is not low. However, when you go away, you you know, over the last what what you spend over the last two trips you took, probably close to two three thousand uh, dollars. I would say more like two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, right? So I mean, and that's just two weekends of competitions, you know. So that's literally for the most average martial arts schools, that's a year's worth of tuition. So I'm just pointing right. that out. When people listen, um, you know, they have to see a value and know why we're so, you know, we're, we're not overpriced. We're not even, um, we're not underpriced, but we're certainly kind of in the low end of the pocket uh, of what other activities cost. Like, for example, hockey. Um, you know, we have a few kids that play travel hockey. Uh, just the equipment alone to play hockey is like a thousand bucks. I mean, we, we charge over the course of our lifetime of the student about six to seven hundred dollars in equipment that they have to buy retail wise. Maybe eight hundred depending on or a thousand depending on whether they get the highest quality brand. But the basic equipment from beginner to black belt no, normally costs about that, you know, about that, you know, 
$700 range on average. So, uh, you know, and when people, people say to me that it's expensive or they say to me, oh, this is a little bit costly, um, I look at it and I say, like, really? Is that really what it is? It's really not that expensive at all. <laughs> so, uh, interesting, right? Yeah, we had a great weekend, you know, and to, for them to obviously move up, uh, you know, 10 rankings in one weekend was, was wonderful for them. Kind of juiced them up, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm excited, and it's not even my child just to hear your excitement. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's kind of cool. We lead, in, we lead into I'm kind of like I, I'm leading into it ever so slightly about, um, you know, why the martial arts is such an important thing. And you and I are kind of uh, at an advantage. We went uh, in January, we went to an event hosted by Sifu Allen Goldberg called the Action Martial Art Hall of Fame, in which there were 1,200 people gathered in a room of martial art masters, you know, first degree to 10th degree black belts that were getting awards and receiving recognition for, um, for, you know, their lifetime in the martial arts. And it was just amazing to see the amount of people. There was 1,200 people in the room, uh, you know, with students and everything receiving awards. But we then went to the expo, and here's what I'm leading into this. We were fortunate, you and I, to speak to some amazing people, and we interviewed a few of them. And one of them was, uh, uh, which people probably remember if they've been in the martial arts for a while, was uh, the head and the founder and the, the guy who started it all, the Guardian Angels. Um, it was Curtis Sliwa, who I've grown up, you know, because I'm from New York, and they were very prominent in New York. I grew up seeing them on the streets, and I remember back in the day when Giuliani was in office and seeing them doing interviews and parading around, watching our community, and, and so on and so forth. So we were able to do an interview with him, um, and, and we're, we have the whole video, but we're only going to share the audio of it, right? And, uh, right, right. You know, it was very cool to speak to him because he had an angle. I mean, uh, you probably remember, he spoke very proudly. And even at the dinner, he made a speech where I, which you and I looked at each other. We said, man, I wish we had that on audio because that yes. speech is every community really needs, right, And to hear. And um, he talked about how valuable to the community and important it is for martial artists to be um, working with the community for the community officials, the councilmen, the school teachers, the principals, the superintendents to look at what we do as not a uh, commercial activity and a sport, but something that's life-changing for the children, for the parents, for the adults within the community. So we have an interview at, that we're going to show everyone or everyone's going to be able to listen to, right? You know, we're going to plug it in so you get to hear Curtis Sliwa in action um, you might have some background noise because we were just filming it with a with a regular mic, um, and he was sitting at a table. I was sitting at a table, and you know things were going on, announcements behind us. But it, um, you know, the gist of it is in the message, and um, and really. Well, and he has a distinct. I was gonna say he has a distinct voice, so you should be able to pick it up. The audio is uh, like, and I and I'm glad that you at least said that. I wanted to apologize for the audio, but it was like more of a, hey, here he is. Let's let's get him. Um, you know, uh, it's not going to be the exact same speech that he gave, you know, the night before at the dinner, but, you know, that's what we really wanted to uh, talk to him about. And we were able to ask questions and stuff too, which was nice. And I think it would be a great benefit to, uh, you know, our listeners. And it goes back to kind of like one of the calls that we had done before similarly is that, you know, we as martial arts school owners, we should really have not only just take pride uh, in what we do, but really believe in what we do because it does make a 
a, a total difference. And I will say that he was kind of slanted because, you know, his biggest thing was, you know, yeah, it's for everybody, but he was really uh, an advocate for ladies or for young girls to be doing yeah. martial arts, especially in today's society. So, um, you know, there was a, there was a slant in that area, but uh, he really spoke about everyone, but specifically, you know, for them. Yeah, and, and you know what also I think that I, I mainly took away, and then I was excited for our listeners to hear, of course, and then we'll just kind of turn it over to him to do his thing, was, uh, you know, and how, how he spoke with that passion. Similar to every one of us that are on this call that are listening, we have that same passion for the martial arts and the benefits of what it does. We just have a hard time, um, I guess, speaking our mind and getting people to understand that we're just not fanatics over the martial arts, that we're passionate about what we do, and that it is sincerely life-changing, not just something that we're selling because it's our, our school, or something that we believe in because that's what we love. But it really is, and I've seen this, look, I've been open for 25 years this coming November, and I still have people that now are their attorneys, their doctors, their lawyers, their helicopter pilots, their soldiers, their you know politicians, and um, a lot of them come back to me and say, "Hey, without you being so hard on me, without your training, without the lessons and the trials, and believe me, I was hard on these people, the trials and tribulations of what I went through, I would not be what I am today." So I just want all the listeners to hear that, you know, so that they have confidence when they are selling their program, and when someone says, I think they want to quit, um, you know, and now you could say to them, are you kidding me? This is the reason why you shouldn't. But anyway, so um, this is what I think Mr. Sliwa uh, did so well, and it was exciting to just be able to talk to him and sit at a table with him and interview him. So I'm excited. Do you have any final thoughts on that? Well, I was just going to quickly say it. He was a huge advocate of schools and school systems getting us involved. Um, you know, but the problem with that is, is, you know, there's a lot of legalities with schools allowing, you know, businesses to come in because if they allow us to come in then they got to allow other businesses to come in. But there really does, I think, need to be some sort of something that happens or occurs that, you know, we kind of get that bypass as martial artists. So I just want to throw this out here to everybody um, as a practical step to get yourself into schools. Um, because like he said, we, we are the key. And he was, he was really, you know, mainly speaking about, you know, we need to be teaching the fitness classes and those type of things. And, and I agree with him to a certain degree, but I do think that, that the, the kids in schools do need to experience other sports, uh, in those schools too, not just martial arts. Oh, right, right. Exactly. But that being said is, um, you know, every single year I do, like I always, I knew that the, the teachers had, because I run a martial arts school mainly for kids. I mean, I have adults, but my population is 85% kids. So who has my target market? Well, of course, the school systems have my target market. So I did what everybody else said to go do. You know, you go and do the, uh, you go and do the um, uh, school speeches and those type of things. I did those for years, and, you know, I got to be known by the, the schools and the principals and stuff like that, and that helped me. But it didn't really relate to kids all the time uh, because I never had the contact. I never had the information. You go and you do a speech, whether it's to an assembly or whether you're doing it to one classroom, you don't have their contact information. Um, so I, I still wanted to keep up my, my presence with the teachers. That's why we do a Teacher Appreciation Awards Night um, every 
uh, April is when we do it. So I want right. to stay in contact with them. And there's a whole thing that I do with that anyways. But the other thing that I implemented was the, the martial arts field trips where the schools bring their kids in for a, uh, you know, a character lesson uh, or lessons, a character development, if you will, field trip. Of course, we're teaching the martial arts, but we're using character lessons to do that. And by no means am I trying to say that I'm just a character development school, so please don't take it that way. But right. um, yeah, And I throw all this out there only to say that there are some creative ways, you know, even if you've done the PE classes before and now they won't let you in or, you know, there, there, there are other ways to get those, those contacts and still have that prestige from the principals and the teachers that you need in your community to be able to get access to those, uh, those individuals, that list that, you know, right. I don't say list uh, generically or, or um, in a way that, that they're just numbers. That's not what I mean, but you'd have to have access to the people that, that, you know, you want to sign up in your program or you want to at least demonstrate what you have. So he was a right. big proponent of us getting into the school systems. And I know that there are some obstacles to overcome with that. And that is just one way that I've overcome uh, th that obstacle by actually just having them bring them into me. So yeah, uh, and, do you, and we with have, that being said, go ahead. It does it totally make sense. And, and I, uh, I would say, um, like you always tell me, don't share too much. Uh, for because we we share that on our program right that we have with the school owners club thing that we do um, that's you know soon to be released and and so on so just a little teaser on that but um but yeah your your program is amazing you get hundreds of people through the door um, on a yearly basis through your field trips and all of that stuff but but anyway I, I think that's in, that's why it's interesting the way you and I think similarly but different in many regards because you know. Um, I, I heard what he said, and it's exactly what you just said, but my mind is translating it um, to uh, what I was saying before, where people, I think that if school owners understood their value and they understood what they were all about, um, they could confidently have programs that are going to be understood that way and sold that way. So anyway, that's what this message is, and I hope that people love it. Um, if you want to do any closing statements, Dwayne, on that, I think that, you know, we should just lead right into uh, the interview. Yeah, I, I do, too. We'll just play the interview, and uh, then at the end of the interview, we'll, we'll just uh, let him end it for us, I guess. How's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll end, and then we'll, we'll talk to you guys, and hear, hope you check in with us next week and share with a friend, and, you know, uh, make sure that you tell people about our podcasts and how it's available. It's available through, uh, you know, the, you know, you want to tell everyone, Dwayne, the different venues and how yeah, to get I, it. Yeah, you, you can look at us up on iTunes or just go to, the easiest to go to schoolowner.talk.com and you can get all the information there, whether you have an Android device or, um, you know, an Apple device. So without further, further ado, we'll go ahead and, and, uh, and play them now and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. So I'm here at the Action uh, Hall of Fame, hosted by C.J. Allen Goldberg, and I'm with the legendary guardian angel founder, Mr. Curtis Lewa. I mean, I grew up watching you and all the good things that you've done to help our world in general, the United States. But you could, you had a great message. Yesterday he spoke at our uh, the awards dinner, and he had a great message for parents and students about martial arts and why it's such an important thing. If you can just quickly share that, that'd be great. Oh, sure. The discipline, the regimen, the self-esteem, the self-respect, and the ability to defend yourself and know uh, the options that are available to you if you're being preyed upon or you're coming to the aid of someone else who is being preyed upon is all incorporated into the martial arts curriculum. 
And I've always felt that as uh, sociologists and those that are responsible for childcare continue to seek uh, these answers as to how to protect children who are in harm's way uh, because they come from dysfunctional families especially. And we're always thinking dysfunction is uh, the poor, the impoverished. No, it's in the middle class household. It's amongst the rich. It's everywhere. And why wouldn't we incorporate a martial arts program from a nearby dojo right into the public school system? It's, it makes so much common sense. And if nothing more for the young ladies who are going to be more in need of some of these skills than even the young men in that community. Yes, I, I, I'm amazed I did a speech because you were saying about how parents and families they have with the martial arts and within their communities they have the answers to all the things that they'll ever need and you said they're constantly looking for what they shine in and if they went to the martial arts and they actually joined the schools they'd find the answers to all of those things like you had just said so I mean obviously you're you've done martial arts before and oh, done martial arts since I was five I've taught martial arts in the schools as part of the junior guardian angel program but there is this uh, stubbornness uh, and this pig-headedness on, uh, on the behalf of a lot of the administrators and the educators, most of whom have never experienced the martial arts, and they associate it with knuckle-draggers, people who only have a, a big muscle between their ears, uh, who are not all that intelligent or educated. They couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. And they allow their prejudice to stand in the way of what can be so helpful to so many children out there that they can't help, and they acknowledge that. And yeah. yet they continue to spend billions of dollars. They search for this panacea, and it's right in front of them. There are martial artists, men and women in their own community, who went to those very same schools, were educated by those teachers, who should be asked to return to the schools to incorporate martial arts and nothing more to be the physical education program. Anybody who's ever been in a public school and you go to PT, it's a joke. Kids are not exercising. You see how fat they're getting, how lethargic they're getting. So if you just think about it, getting them into shape and keeping them into shape, it can achieve that. And then it can approach all those other subject areas that the school system is just out of sight and out of mind on. And for the martial artists, it may build a stream of students who want to go beyond just maybe a once a week program that incorporates martial arts into the physical uh, uh, PT program of that school. Yeah, life changing. Oh, absolutely. And, and yet, they'll spend billions, waste our tax dollars, chase moonbeams and stars looking for an answer that's right in front of their face. It could be brought into the schools by kids who uh, eventually became adults, have their own families, are teaching martial arts in their own community, and are alumni of that public school system. Which is so true because I, I owned my school for 25 years in the town where I was born and raised, and I have the hardest time getting into that school to teach when other schools from other districts far away will call me in and have me teach, and I fight to get in my own school system. So what and, you said is amazing. And the irony is that if you were an ex-gangbanger, ex-drug dealer, ex-dope fiend, and you wanted to come in and give a program to children about how to avoid that, they'd be rolling out the red carpet for you. Amazing. But you play by the rules, you had a discipline, you went through the rigors, you maintained what your martial arts training has done for you through consistency right. and performance in your community, and you have to prove yourself. Right. So you let some dope fiend come in, some ex-gangbanger, some guy who did seven years upstate in a federal uh, penal facility, and you let them have access to the kids. Now, maybe the message is good, right? but hey, I'd much rather take 
take the chance on the martial artist who has been a powerful figure in the community sometimes for decades as opposed to some new jack who all of a sudden had an epiphany that it's right. time to be good instead of being bad right thank you so much the message is so profound I'm honored to be here with you today and all these years I've watched and seen you and grew up watching the work that you've done so thank you so much for sharing that we're going to share it with the world thank you sir